two friends of mine, and Kanye's been a friend of mine for a long time. Oh, man. And Jim is, Jim came out of nowhere, and he said, I like what the president's doing. A long time ago, we met, right? And I just appreciate it very much. And, you know, if you look at the employment numbers, if you look at the uh, median hear? income, if you look at every single indicator, we're keeping our promise, Jim. Thank you. Test, test. How's your gain, bro? Yeah, my gain. Oh, that's one, two. Beautiful gain. Excellent. Sounds well, over. Uh, Let me hear your voice, Cliff. Oh, oh, one, Cliff's song is far away. One, two. What's talking from you? You know what I think? No, I you got to get right up on here. Yeah, there you go. I almost like we like, like you're on a, like a really, really close date. Make love to the And your breath is good. Make love to the mic. I got to go. Make love to the like you want to kiss it. Mm. <laughs> well, does it sound better now? There we go. It does. Okay. Welcome to the Not Dumb Podcast. I am your host, Iron Man Abdullah. We missed a week. I have uh, Shaman Warden here, also known as Biz. The Biz. The Business. I got Cliff Young here, also known as Hannibal Burst. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't. I don't have. A, I don't have a nickname for Young Cliff here. Maybe I'll just call him Young Cliff, Cliff Young. Um, <laughs> Actually, I like Young Cliff. It's young Cliff. It's a play on because he's name. young. Yeah, the third. So here's what we're doing, man. Here's what we're doing today, bro. I don't know if you guys have heard this uh, nonsense. Um, Kanye West had a meeting with the Trump uh, like two weeks ago, but you know, hey, we we're getting we're we're just catching up on it now. And I wanted to talk on this because um, it is literally a festival of ignorance. Um, it's mental. It's mental. It's like a meeting of just dumb and dumber. And um, we're going to play the whole thing, literally. You need to hear this, and you need to hear uh, why we don't need to have celebrities representing black people in the White House. Um, this is not a good look. Uh, and, and it's just absolutely crazy. But here, we're going to play the whole thing. We're going to inject our commentary when it's needed. Mrs. Johnson, we got her out. She was very unfairly treated. And there are many other people. We're in like class that. today. This is, we're learning. Uh, what did he do, Larry? What happened? What, what did he do? Was he in? Yes, tell me. Tell us the story. Allegedly, it's for a uh, conspiracy from uh, prison, from state prison. Um, you know, it's alleged. But uh, we do believe, even if he did commit those crimes, the sentence was uh, overly broad. To, uh, what was the sentence? Six consecutive life sentences in the most secure prison in the world, also known as clean version of hell, for basically an economic what, crime. What prison is that? ADX uh, Supermax in Florence, Colorado. They house uh, the Unabomber, Al-Qaeda operatives, mass killers, uh, Oklahoma City bomber, things of that nature. How old is he? How old? 68. He's 68 years old? Yeah, 68 years old. And really the reason why they imprisoned him is because he started doing positive for the community. He started showing that he actually had power, that he wasn't just one of a monolithic voice, but he could wrap people around. So there's theories that... There's infinite amounts of universe in this alternate universe. So it's very important for me to get Hoover out because in an alternate universe, I am him. 
For y'all who don't say he, he's he's him in an alternate universe, bro. Yeah, I literally just put my head in my hands yeah. because he, he face palmed. He face palmed. He, he said that the world will always know that he is whomever else in the alternate universe. This is cool. Like when we're talking about comic books, because yeah. it's hilarious, right? He said that in real life. This is it's really sad because he's serious. Like he's dead ass serious and. He's saying this to the friggin' president right now. He's saying this to the world. On to the planet. entire planet. He's talking about He's alternate like, universes. Yeah, they're like, what happened to black people in America right now? Oh, man. No, we're fine. Some of us are not doing too well. Yeah. I think what happens whenever you put on that red hat, you, do, you have to deny reality. You go into a, a if you're a black person. Yeah. You're going to play a case of severe cognitive dissonance. You in like a dissociative disorder. Like his brain is like, I can't actually talk about this and be functioning right now. I have to shut off. Wait, hold on. He's talking about his hat. My dad and my mom separated. So I didn't have a lot of male energy in my home. And also, uh, wow. I'm married to a family that, um, you know, <laughs> not a lot of male energy going on. That it's family, beautiful, though. But there's close. times where, you know, it's something about, you know, I love Hillary. I love everyone, right? But the campaign, I'm with her, just didn't make me feel as a guy that didn't get to see my dad all the time. Wow. Like a guy that could play catch with his son. It was something about when I put this hat on, it made me feel like Superman. You made a Superman. Wow. Was, that's my favorite superhero. Wow. You made a Superman cape. For me, also as a guy that looks up to you, looks up to Rap Lauren, looks up to American industry guys. Non-political, no bullshit. Put the beep on it, however you want to do it, five seconds delay, and just goes in and gets it done. Did he right even now, swear you gave in the president of the... Oh, that's not... He's going to do some more. When I went in... And 2015, we were $14 billion. Yeah, we're all. So, where, what country are we moving to? Now we have. What country? Uh, I'm thinking about Canada. <laughs> I would love to live in Toronto. I'm Toronto's thinking. cool, man. I think we need to leave now. I think it's time to leave. Yeah, I was just. That tax is crazy, though. Isn't what? it? The tax? Ah, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's about 40%, bro. It's about 40%. But Yikes. you get your free health care, though. You're paying for the free health care. Quebec, uh, my wife from Quebec, that's uh, about 50%. But you get um you get a lot of free stuff, and then here's the things that you do get about Canada. But is it really free? No, no, you free, hundred percent free healthcare. My first child was born in Canada. Uh, our bill was a dollar fifty, literally. When we walked out, a dollar fifty. In America, fifty cents a day for the phone <laughs> that we didn't use because we had cell phones. Uh, it's glorious, glorious healthcare in, in Canada. But anyway, hey, let's hear some more. We never had anyone to taught us. We didn't teach us. Exactly. We had no one to taught us, right? So um, uh, it's more important than any specific deal, any, anything, that we bring jobs into America and that we provide a transition with mental health and the American uh, uh, education curriculum. Yeah, he said he's had the goal to talk about mental health. Mental health. <laughs> this nigga's I crazy. That, that's called... Um, we have Montessori. Is that irony? I don't know. That's exact. No, that's irony. That's irony. That's irony. We need to play. Isn't this ironic in the background? Yeah. What's her name? I forgot her name. Crazy things that puts us back into that trap door called the Thirteenth Amendment. 
I did say abolish with the hat on because why would you keep something around that's a trap door? If you're building a floor, the Constitution is the base of our of our industry, right? Of, of our co- of our oh. country, of our company. Can would you, you can build you stop a the pain? Because everybody right now is going. <laughs> Wait, you see Jim Brown right now? He's like, Kanye, can you please shut the up, please? Jim Brown. <laughs> Look at Jim Brown right now. It's a lot. Like, please. Brother, please, can you shut up? That's when shut up. You, can you shut up, please? That's when you just come and grab somebody and say, oh, um, excuse me, uh, there's an emergency. I need you outside. Yeah. Yeah. The people they were amending? I, I don't know anymore. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. My brain is hurting. Like, not in my brain, like my spirit. You get locked up and turned to a slave. Again, so what I think is we don't need sentences. We need pardons. We need to talk to people. Uh, I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. I was connected with a neuropsychologist that works with the athletes. In the okay, NBA that makes a NFL. lot more sense. No, no, no. he's he's he's, he's, he's got some issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just I just think he's why like why do we need him to talk to the president? No one does. You know, it's kind of eight numbers backwards off the so work It's unfair in a way because it, he has the disease. He's obviously a talented person. He's artistic. But if a person is having maybe an episode, it's kind of exploitive. It is exploitive. I didn't really hear that part before. I was like. Now, where I wouldn't even remember Why are we hitting? Oh, he's because when a person rants, that's a manic episode things. potentially. Do you think so? You think he's having a manic episode right now? I mean, if I had a family member talking like that, I'd be like the best team and call them up. Was like, yeah. Kay is not having so a good time right now. Can, 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 can we talk to someone? Where's the nurse? Not only <laughs> I mean, he's fairly consistent Fox with this tone for about. Yeah, he's been like this for years. Four or five months. I mean, but recently, like. Recently? Four or five yeah, but those episodes can last a long time. A person can go in a manic state for a while. Or they can just be having some other issues. Yeah. Man, dude. I, I, I mean, the medication. I, I, I am. I, I don't feel embarrassed for people often. I, I feel embarrassed for him. Like I feel embarrassed for Kim, his wife. <laughs> this, I don't, not here's the one thing about gonna make money off here's of the thing about Kim. Kim is not. Kim is like. He's trying to say something positive. Kim is not crazy. Oh, she's about making money. She's level-headed and with her with her dough, son. She's trying to make money. They're geniuses. Yeah, she she is she is not dumb. And they don't make money crazy. off of this. Yeah, but. They turn attention into money. That's yeah, that's, that's the Kardashian way. Like they act like airheads on their show, but I don't think Kim is dumb at all. Like not at all. Cunning. Cunning. Yeah, I wouldn't trust her or anything like that. I always say, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. He's, he's standing up now. He's standing up. He's about to get serious. If he don't look good, we don't look good. So tell him that he makes himself look dumb, bitch. He has to be the freshest, the flyest, the flyest planes, the best factories, and we have to. First, wait, what is this? A dictatorship? Are you hate? Are you high? Like what? What is wrong with you? Because. Our best export is entertainment and ideas, but when we make everything in China and not in America, then we're cheating on our country, and we're putting people in positions to have to do illegal things to end up. Yeah, where are Yeezys made, by the way? Oh, oh, sorry. The prison system. Mm. I'll tell mm. you what, that was pretty impressive. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I hate to say this, Jim. Do you want to say something? <laughs> <laughs> what do you do after that? Jim looks funny. 
Because he's like, oh, man. Please, Jenna, please. Does this continue? Yeah. Uh, it's almost great, over. right? Isn't that a great statement? Wow. It's so true. As a country, it's so true. Very impre- I've never seen Jim Brown impressed before. He was impressed. That's true. That statement is amazing, huh? Uh, here's here's what I don't like. There, he's actually acting like Kanye made some sense with anything he said. Like there was something impressive about what he just did. No, he knows it's going to get. But ratings. he's acting like, oh man, these really powerful words here. Wow, Kanye is so such a such a well spoken Negro. Like, bro, he is. This is ridiculous. This is absolutely ridiculous. You've heard some people say that about this president. How do you respond to that? I think we need to care about all people. And I believe that when I went on to NBC, I was very emotional and I was programmed to think from a victimized mentality, a, a, a welfare mentality. I think that with, with blacks and African Americans, we really get caught up in the idea of Shut racism up. over the idea of industry. We say if people don't have land, they settle for brands. We want uh, Polo Sport and Obama okay. again. We who, want a brand. Who says if people don't have lands, we settle for brands? I've never heard anyone say that. Uh, neither have I. I, yeah, think. I but it does rhyme. Yeah, it, does it, rhyme. it rhymes. It sounds like a good lyric. It's good alliteration. It's about the patina. It's not about the soil. It's not about the core. So we focus more on just somebody wearing something, just someone disrespecting you, so I got I to gotta shoot them, or the idea of someone being racist. You know, we talk about uh, police uh, uh, murders, which we definitely have to discuss, and we have to uh, bring nobility to the, to the police officers. Hey, Cliff, have you noticed that whenever someone like who is an artist does something completely right, off the wall, people always go, but he's a genius or she's a genius? Yeah, like the R. Kelly effect. Yeah. So it's like because they are skilled in one area, they must be skilled in everything at all times. Well, the, the thing is now everyone's like, well, can we separate the artistry from the human? I mean, he's a human being. to be tripping, but uh, I think one of the best things you can do is hey, hey, emperor or the emperor's entertainer, you are butt naked right now. Like, yeah. But naked, I feel like stark naked. Well, I think here's the problem with both of these guys, with Donald Trump and Kanye West. You are not able to talk sense into either of them. A lot of times, it's just maybe with Kanye West more, but with Donald Trump, he doesn't give an f, son. Like not even a little. This is racist. This is racist. This is racist. This is racist. So we don't have a reparations. I have a very interesting take. I think you might. I need to hear your interesting take. Hold on. That's a move. Hold on to it. Don't lose it. The liberal would try to control a black person through the concept of racism because they know that we are very proud, emotional people. So when I said I like Trump to like someone that's liberal, they'll say, oh, but he's racist. You think racism can control me? Oh, that don't stop me. That's an invisible wall. Man, shut up. You have one question. We're going to go to another question. I answered your question. I don't answer questions as simple sound bites. You, you are tasting a fine wine and have oh, okay. notes to it. You oh, oh, okay. There you go. That's why. Like it's, minority it's a fine wine, guys. Because it ain't that simple. It's complex. Hey, guys, in case you didn't know, it's a fine wine, all right? Just so you know. Chicago Sun Times, so I would like to know what you would like to ask President Trump to do for Chicago. Yeah, do you have anything coherent to say? <laughs> the, the thing that, um, that the uh, head of the police. And um, Mike Sachs met with me last night at the Soho House about was we feel that stop and frisk 
uh, does not help the relationships in the city. And everyone that knew I was coming here. That is correct. Said, I think that's a correct statement. Stop and frisk is not good. Because stop and frisk is like number one thing straight harassment, violation of like it's always the black fourth black amendment. Yeah. Uh, it's always us getting getting stopped and frisked. Yeah. And we've got to get some tax breaks to because we, no, we're making um we got a speed factory in Atlanta, but the shoes are costing us three hundred dollars, so it's costing us too too much to make things. So we need some prototypes here so we can get people back working. Mm-hmm. So China he starts all over the place. Yeah. And there's no way the shoes are costing three hundred dollars to make. No, way. not not in, no uh, pair of shoes unless it's made out of so like uh, freaking unicorn leather or something. <laughs> in my hometown, Chicago, two point seven million to the nine million surrounding suburbs where we can create some factories. Now, I think it would be cool for them to be Trump factories because he's a master of industry. He's a builder. Mm, and I think it would be cool dude. to have Yeezy Man, get off his nuts, nigga. centers, which would be a mix of education that empowers people and gives them modern information. Like, sometimes people say, this kid has ADD, this kid has ADD. He don't have ADD. School is boring. It was boring. It's not as exciting as this. We have to make it more exciting. We have to mix curriculums. What was the question? (laughs) What was the question? I don't know what the question is. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. It's a fine wine, guys. Fine wine. Fine wine. It's a stream of consciousness and thoughts where you can break segments up and be like, hey, I would like to go into another session. Well, we could see that he could definitely walk up to a mic and just freestyle. I mean, it's pretty interesting. I think I I really, I I like Kanye West music. I still do. I've been boycotting it for years. The only person I've been boycotting is, um, I boycott R. Kelly too. R. Kelly. I can't listen to R. Kelly. But he writes so much music, it's hard to actually really do that effectively. Well, as far as him singing. Can't do it. Yeah, and to be honest, R. Kelly's been the only male. I don't like R and B from men. I like to hear women singing. It's just maybe I'm maybe I'm a masochist, or that's not the right word at all. <laughs> maybe, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm a chauvinist. Get, get wow. into your brain, man. Maybe I'm a chauvinist. That's what I meant to say. I don't like. Uh, I don't, don't like, like sonorous music of a female voice. I don't like dudes singing. It's just not. It's like except for R. Kelly, I do like R. Kelly's music, but um. I like I like it when women sing, but um, I'm open minded. I'm here. Uh, I, I forgot where I was going with that. I just lost my train of thought. But anyway, yeah, because we're listening to a, like a train wreck of thoughts. Like there's no thought train going on right now. This dude actually called him a smart cookie. Doing this for a long time. Is the pain almost over? Almost. We got like a few more minutes here. We have a good. And the thing is. Let's stop worrying about the future. All we really have is Yeah, let's stop worrying about the future, guys. That's a dumb thing to worry about. The eternal return, the hero's journey. And Trump is on his hero's journey right what? now. I don't and know. He's he a hero's journey. I don't know. I, it's like he just freestyles and hits something. And like, oh, that sounds good. I'm going to continue with that. But best believe, we are going to make America great. Now, the thing is, my, another thing is black people have an issue with the word again. And I believe my feeling from that is because I'm going to throw, I'm going to go all the way, Sigmund, with because time is a myth. All we have is now. All we have is today. Oh, time so is a myth, again, guys. Doesn't, doesn't exist. Because of the idea of racism and say it's a different thing. Like, is he high? Is he? Maybe he's high. We are. No. Nah, he's not. He's like this all the time. Now, every time. That's not so high. Some hats in that have I mean, a like, transition. Not, not conversation with someone on acid or something. I, I made a hat up that says, make America great. 
just that. But I would love to see at the Super Bowl Trump wearing the Make America Great hat, Colin making wearing the Make America Great, and showing that we can benefit on this side, we can benefit on this side, and we can learn how to be malleable in the infinite universe that we are, and the loving beings that we are, and we don't have to stick to. You know, this would be like interesting, like a like a poetry we slam. We are one country. We are one. <laughs> you know, like, oh, like he's just going poetry. with poetry. Yeah, kind of just flowing with it, like oh, yeah, infinite the, universe. Man, that's an interesting take on it. Maybe he's doing a stream of poetry right now. Yeah, but uh, hmm. as a press conference, you're in the Oval Office. How does it feel to be in the Oval Office? Oh, yeah, with the hard-hitting questions. All right. It's a great place, Jim. How do you feel? <laughs> they're in the Jim Oval looks like Office. Like <laughs> they're in the Oval Office, ladies and gentlemen. They're not in the press room. The they're in the press room. It's on the lawn. Senators and with everything, nobody cared. They wanted this meeting. This is the meeting. Is that right? I can say that to John. Jim Brown is also no, not shielded from fire right? either. He has his. Ha- he's had his moments too. His Coonan moments. Well, oh yeah. He was. He was against Kaepernick. Really. That's messed up. Yeah. Sometimes here's the thing about like old ass dudes who did civil rights stuff. Sometimes they don't always. I'm not gonna say every time, but sometimes they don't always get into where we are now. Mm-hmm. And they think because they did some marches forty, literally forty, fifty years ago that uh, they're still relevant. It's like, dude, this is a different age, man. Yeah, the tactics are different. The problems are yeah are a little bit different. Uh, well, we're gonna look at it. I'm, I'm open. People act like Jim Crow is dead. Jim Crow had some children. I'm James Crow the the second nice and the things third, the fifth. Right? And I don't know I what happened in the fourth. She just said Jim Crow had some children. Just left it. That would have been good. That would have been good right there. Well, my brain is being bombarded by madness right now. So they have to do something, and I am totally open. We can do it a different way, Kanye. I'm totally open. No, you're not, but bro. they have to do. I mean, we all agree they have to do something. That's the sure. Is it a law enforcement issue, a legislation? Well, maybe it's a combination of both. All right. I so, um, I think it's probably a combination of both. I think he's going to get up and hug it's him at some point. Did he hug him already? I don't think so. They respect this guy. They respect this guy. No. It's a big thing. No, I don't. Right you now, know. they're not respecting. Let's say your mayor, or let's say your leadership in Chicago, but certainly it shouldn't be happening. What's going on there should not be happening. Steve, go ahead. Uh, honestly, from Why are his eyelids so pale compared to the rest of his face? Because you can't tan your eyelids that easily. Because you can't what? Tan your eyelids that easily. Oh, because he puts the goggles over his eyes? Oh, that's why he has pale eyelids. Oh, so he's tanning. That sounds really reasonable, huh? That's he's this, this guy getting up and walking over and hugging this dude. Wow. I love this guy right here. What is wrong with you? Did he just hug the person? Yeah, because he loved this guy right here. So the Secret Service will let someone come up and just... Uh, I mean, if you're Kanye West, apparently. I want to see someone else try to do that. Hey, man, I love you, bro. Jim, Kanye, nah, appreciate you're it. You're going to get tackled so with have some red beams on your cake. Okay. Thank you all very much. All right, really guys, let's go. Make way out. All right, so that was the uh, shame of 2018, apparently. Um, it's a great presidency going that, on th- right this now. Is, this is, so here's, here's where I'm going with this. Like, we... Kanye West is good at making music. I, I still like his music. I'm not kind of... I'm kind of, like, done, though. I kind of am with him, to be honest. I've been done for some time. 
you know, but he, you know, I did like Love Lockdown though, bro. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, nobody else loves well, that song. All Kanye tracks. I, I, I love that song though. It sounds good, man. And uh, the one where he mentioned um, when he said it's time for him to go hard to DJ Khaled's song. He has he has some good tracks, bro. <laughs> and the monster one, he has some good tracks, bro. Nah, just say it. But I can't, uh, I can't, like, I can't, I can't roll with you, bro. Like you. Like you're like gone, man, or something. You you need to get out of that. Fa- you know what it is? I'm telling you, it's that family. It's that Kardashian family. They're all like sat- satanic or something. They got some kind of curse on them. Any dude who I'm trying any not to dude, say, I'm li- not trying. To, it's like you. It, it, I'm just saying. There was a from, comedian that said from, something. From that something about Con- Kanye West. Go and, in and you're done. Listen, Kanye West when he was on on TV talking about Bush doesn't care about black people. Yeah. He was 100 percent right, son. And everyone was like, yo, <laughs> I think this he's what, with it, son. And he's been. He's a thousand percent right. Now, how do you go from that to this? We got it's that family, bro. It's that family. Uh, I'm sorry, Cliff Young, you had a take on this that you wanted to say. Go ahead. Okay. So me me and uh, a lot of my friends talk about Kanye all the time because they're trying to figure out, like, all right, so where, where do you stand? Um, I think Kanye has a problem that a lot of people do, but it's not not in the sense of, like, his, his, his love romance bromance thing with trump is very odd but he he struggles at voicing his ideas he's very bad at communicating his ideas and when you're really really bad at that like for say someone like trump that even if you do have like one good idea yeah if it's surrounded by bad ones we're not going to listen to you yeah so for for me for if someone like kanye who's who's considered a creative genius and this that and the third which he is musically i think he is yeah when he decides to when he decides to voice his opinions he's not the greatest at getting his message clear without the nonsense around it because it's not it's 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 him he's like he needs someone else to be able to communicate his ideas for him so he's not he's not good at getting past his own nonsense to communicate his ideas there was a lot of in a manner where it makes sense to everyone else there was a lot of stuff in there that was just mixed. It's just it, fluff. It He's just really talking. Rough. It was very rough. It was not beyond polished. It was no. There was a snippet of thoughts, but not. You can't even have them con- a coherent. Every, everything that he said wasn't even bad. Like I, some of the things were. That's what goes back to my point. So some of the things you agreed on, together with yeah, other but things he's like mixing no in metaphysical bullshit and you know <laughs> exactly. So when someone, even when somebody has one good idea or a few good yeah. ideas, yeah. you become tone deaf because you keep sing, we single out the bad ones. You're like, we can't believe you said that. But even if he says something that actually did make sense, we're just it doesn't matter because we hear so many bad like so many bad takes that the good ones won't stick. And he's been doing it for so many years yeah. because this is it's part of his personality. But he just can't communicate his ideas man, accurately. Man, dude, man, man, man. No, you're you're correct. You're absolutely I correct, mean, uh, young Cliff. Um, I mean, we all know that Trump is an idiot. But even if Trump had a good idea, would we actually say, "Oh, that's a good idea"? I don't. Here's the thing: I don't ever necessarily think he's an idiot. He's just an a hole, and he doesn't care. Mm. And I think he's playing his role as a great distractor. Um, he's pretending over here, pretending like you know, freaking. Uh, Kanye West is brilliant and smart cookie and all this stuff and uh, it's just a joke the whole thing is just a joke man and it's just I, like I feel I feel really bad for him I really do the example he said that kind of didn't make sense but it did when he's talking about uh, how black people view brands over land and things of that nature it rhymed 
it, it I, I think it's a legitimate point. Like, exactly. See, exactly. He didn't communicate it right the right way, exactly. so it didn't stick. He see he's not good at expressing what his ideas. What he was trying to say there was a legitimate point. Yes. Because we we aren't uh we don't have the status in society, a lot of times a lot of black people they like to pretend to have that status by putting a whole bunch of the polo and bullshit friends. all over them and Tommy Hilfiger whatever. Okay, I see what you're saying. But don't like stop trying to put lyrics I, I into a they, real speech, I, I, bro. And and the other thing is, I don't think that's a hundred percent either. I, yeah, I, I see what he's going. He's just going from urban inner city. Real. I think what happens is that yeah. artists are used to seeing some social ill and they're able to highlight sometimes they withdraw on it, but doesn't mean that there's deep analysis there. Yeah, he, he's responding to the cultural context. Yeah, and but it's it's. I think it's profoundly unfair because you're seeing any reasonable person there should have said this person is definitely exhibiting some issues. Yeah. Now, if I heard someone talking like this and yeah. they were on the side of the street and be like, "Yo, this person's having a you mental health walking. crisis," you know what this running. sounds like? Let me let me just, sorry. Go ahead. I always interrupt. Pl- pl- I'll, no, no, I'll no, stop. No. I got to stop doing that. I, I actually learned to pause. So. Okay, what I was gonna say is, I don't know if you've ever fed homeless people before, but I did. I used to do that uh, a lot in Seattle. And what I would do is I would talk to the people because a lot of times they wouldn't, there's not a lot of people that would talk to them because they're homeless, right? Mm -hmm. So sometimes when you have someone who no one talks to, literally, they pretend like you can't see homeless people, you know, when you walk by because, oh man, I don't got a dollar. I'll just keep walking. I know he's talking to me. I'm just keep, you know, people do that all the time. But when you have no one talking to you for a long time, sometimes you go off on crazy tangents. So when someone actually says, hey, what's up, man? How you doing? What's going on? How's things? How's life? You just go off, son. (laughs) Hey, man, let me get off all these thoughts I had for the past week. Literally everything that just came to my mind. I just got to let this guy know about it. That's literally what it sounds like. Like no one spoke to him for like (laughs) two weeks and he just let everything out to the president and called himself. He called himself a mother effer to the president. And really, bro, really, that's what we're doing. So listen, what I'm saying, man, we have got to stop giving celebrities power like he is someone who needs to be in the white house doing anything like who why why is he there why he's like there for the show because he's good at making music and here's here's the other part of this the fact that they're actually have the audacity to act like he's someone in there of importance and making sense that tells me they're using him so um i feel bad for him because basically kanye is getting used right now to look like the crazy person like He's literally the only person that could make Donald Trump look like a sane human being. And that's basically what happened. And why is that? Because we have this thing with celebrities where we think like, oh, uh, because this guy makes really good music, he should talk to the president for us. No, I just, man. I just really wish that someone in Kanye's camp. I'm not, I, I don't. Uh, I mean, I think that he does have some mental issues. That's just clear. He's even yeah. say that. I don't think he's crazy. Yeah. But what I do think is that he needs people in his camp that aren't yes men to tell him. Like, okay, I see what you're saying with that idea, but you need to expand on that in another way where it doesn't sound but, irrational. Here's the thing. But that happens to all the guys. I mean, it happened to not all, but many people who, when you watch them spiral down, they had people in their camp who was only in it for themselves. That happened with Mike Tyson. Yeah. You, you get people who are parasitic and all their- Guaranteed is, he's got some parasites on Oh, you're full of parasites. Probably, I, I'm not going to say that. I don't want to get sued or anything, but- uh, yeah, not very healthy relationships. Yeah, yeah. not a lot of healthy relationships. Or bold, life. or people bold enough to be like, "Yo, dude, uh, I think." Here, look, here's here's the thing. There's so many more qualified people to talk to the president. If you're gonna have this 
luxurious 25 minutes sit down with the president why not have cornell west on why not have mark lamont hill on I mean, why not have like you could have done you could have had a conversation with Kanye. I don't even like Mark Lamont Hill by the way but I'm just saying you could have anyone who's uh, it should have been curated moderated there should have been someone I, I I don't understand why Jim is right there he's a stalwart in the community. guide this person who's going off he's on trying tangents. to fade into the background with this <laughs> this dude is going off he's just <laughs> like oh man I wish this Really wish he would shut up, man. Because he's like, this is not. Uh, I wouldn't even have said that pleasant. Yeah, it's like, well, everyone had. You could have said something like, everyone has their own opinion, which normally means I don't agree with anything this person just said. Yeah. <laughs> no, that is what that means, actually. Yeah. Um. Anyway, do you have anything else to say on that, Cliff? Um. Uh, no. I. We're right. good. Um. All right. So we. Uh. Uh. This was a, a slight. Um. This is not really a tangent, but I just wanted to address this. Uh, thing because um, it was just burning on my mind and I had to get my thoughts out. Um, the, the, it was just a friggin' debacle of uh, what we just saw right here. But anyway, our guest today is uh, Leo Bridgewater. He's not on. We're going to call him on the phone. Man, I really wish they weren't doing that right now. Whoa. Hey, how's it, how does this one sound? Man, 10,000% better. Okay, and you actually sound a lot better too. Yeah, actually, on this phone, much better. Yeah, your phone's jacked, bro. Time to get a new phone. <laughs> my phone is dying. I'm waiting for my insurance claim on it. All right, yeah. all right. So, uh, welcome to the show, Leo Bridgewater. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you for having. I apologize for our technical difficulties. No worries. We're going to edit all of that out, and it's just going to be this part. Yeah, we're just going to look awesome. <laughs> we're going to pretend like uh, we don't have issues like that. <laughs> okay. Right. So, uh, Shaman, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, so, introduce us. I know you guys met um, at the, uh, what was it? So, we met at the Cannabis Means Business. And what I was saying is, so I was at the National Black, National Association of Black Accountants uh, Boston Chapters right. Conference. And it was right above the Cannabis Means Business. Mm. So, um, I've had a couple of prospective clients and clients who've been in. And looking at the cannabis industry and trying to get in and thinking about trying to get the money is really challenging. Yeah. So I walked up over there and I was like, hey, I was at an adjacent conference. I'm kind of interested. I know you're about to close in like 45 minutes, but uh, I'd like to talk to a few people. See what's up. And a guy was really nice, brought me to the sales director. I also said, hey, you know, maybe we'd get a booth there if it's a good match for us. Brought me in, and I mentioned I was a veteran and interested in uh, a couple of things. He's like, I know somebody you have to talk to. So he brought me directly to Leo, and um, we just started vibing and realized we had a little bit of a few things in common. So um, Leo Bridgewater Sr. is the National Director of Veterans Outreach for Minorities for Medical Marijuana. He's also a member of the co-founder of the New Jersey Cannabis Commission. And uh, that's pretty awesome. So, yeah. uh, you know, doing big things. And like I said, uh, Leo and I both served in Iraq at the same time, but we were not in the same place. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of interesting. So I couldn't say like, "Hey, did you guys know each other or anything?" Yeah, that wouldn't work, probably. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, uh, Leo, so tell me about. Um, so you're 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 interested in medical marijuana from a business perspective. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm just you know like. First off, you know, I personally do not make a distinction between adult use and medical. I think all consumption is is medicinal if you really get down to the brass tacks of it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
particularly if you talk with folks who openly admit that they, uh, you know, use cannabis for adult use. I mean, for, for, you know, quote unquote recreational. I try to stay away from that term. Mm. But if you actually talk to people who, who openly admit to consuming cannabis, if you ask them the why, the when, and the how, you know, they actually sound like patients. And so, you know, um, this, this, my interest is in the industry as a whole. And so, whether it be adult use or medical, it, it all encompasses, it encompasses it all for me. Not to mention, uh, hemp too. What is the difference between hemp and marijuana? Um, the difference between, to give it to, to give it to you in the simplest of terms, it's, the difference between what's the difference between a grapefruit and an orange? Uh, They're both from the citrus family. Sure. You see what I'm saying? Okay. That's the differences between cannabis and hemp. Well, just to give you a broad, but scientifically, <laughs> uh, hemp is prized mostly of there is a little bit of THC and CBD, and cannabis is mostly you know is evenly or mostly THC and then CBD, mm. you know, so, um, yeah, you can smoke hemp, but you're not going to get high from it, but hemp has over, you know, 5,000 different uses that can be done with it, and so, um, from a business perspective, uh, I believe that cannabis is going to be big money, and it's going to be great, but I think that hemp is where the long money is. And you can do the most. So to clarify, so we have a lot of uh, a lot of list, different listeners from um, different walks of life. And uh, in general, mm-hmm. I would say that I specifically, I can't speak for Cliff, I can't speak for Shaman, but I'm definitely not pro drug use, not pro like getting high, if if you will. Uh, I don't think that's a good thing to do. I think, ad- but I, on the other side, I think adults should be able to do whatever they want to do. As far as mm-hmm. um, if you want to smoke it or you know do whatever, I I really don't care, and I don't think that's uh, something I need to call the police about. <laughs> if, if you see what I mean, it doesn't need to be something illegal. I'm definitely right. for, I'm definitely for cannabis in the way where um, as far as pain management, because I I come from a family that has a lot of uh, issues. I don't want to start airing out people's personal business, but I've seen a lot of people in pain. And I know that a lot of these opioid drugs that they give them, give them other problems, you know, other problems that when they're just trying to deal with the pain, they end up with a whole list of other issues that they don't necessarily need to have. Um, And it's just because uh, they're basically just giving them these hard narcotics and they made it legal because, you know, you know, there's a whole nother. If you want to talk about the drug industry and all that stuff, there's a whole show we could do on that. But Mm -hmm. um, basically it's it's. A hundred times worse than you know some cannabis oil or some weed that they could be smoking to do the same thing. So I'm I'm definitely for it for pain management, um, but I think that uh, I think that we definitely need to um, like if there's a business out there and we need to uh, and, and people are getting into it and black people have been getting arrested for it for fifty years and now that it's finally legal then we need to be getting on the business side of it. No, I'm not, because I know my mother listens to this. <laughs> no, I'm not saying, hey, everybody, let's get, let's become weed dealers. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, if there's if there's a business side of it and it's legit business, and there is a, there is a, such a thing as pain management uh, medicinally, I'm for that. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Shimon? 
Um, well, <coughs> oh, hold on, Leo. Sorry, go ahead. You go ahead. Go ahead, Leo. Uh, you want me to go? Yes, sir. You. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, um, it's interesting listening to uh, listening to um, you know the the way you go about your your, your approach to it all. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I I've heard that I've heard I've heard the same approach a thousand times, and <clears throat> what I would ask you to do. So I would ask you to think about the the, the, the way you think. The, let's look at the pathology in, in your way of thinking. Mm. Um, first first thing first, you said drugs. You know, um, that's when you're talking about something that is. Uh, we're we're looking at it in, in terms of something that's synthesized. Exactly. You know, never in the history of the world has anyone died from consuming cannabis. Yeah, I'm with you, I know. Never. Yeah. You you understand what I'm saying? So, uh, and the reason why uh, this particular plant is, so we have to look at the fact that how was, how is it that cannabis was somehow packaged in such a way that when you think of cannabis, you think, you think drugs. Yep. You think it's packaged in the same, you, you, you think of it and look at it in the same way as you would heroin and crack and coke, which is why when you listen to people, um, you know, who are a bit uneducated, um, they still say, what you doing smoking that dope? And they're talking about cannabis. That's not the but same it's thing. it's the same thing. Yeah. It, exactly. They're, they're like, like, so we're just not talking about we're, we're talking about having to facilitate a cultural shift in how we view this plant. And at the same time, we're also talking about facilitating a massive transfer of wealth, the likes of which almost can't be quantified. When you, you, say, when you, when you say the massive transfer of wealth, please elaborate because I'm, I'm not sure. Are you just talking about as it... Of turning it into a, a, a business, a legit business, or are you? What do you? What do you mean transfer? Well, just think like this: um, <clears throat> we're talking about brand new money, right? Every state that's you know Colorado, California, Jersey, you know everybody. When it comes to cannabis, right? Mm-hmm. The the revenue that will be made is will be brand new money to every state. You understand what I'm saying? Now, New Jersey is projected to be a 1.6 to 2.2 billion dollar a year industry by 2020. Wow. Hmm. Okay. We by 2020. start off by wow. 2020. We start off number two behind California right off the bat. Damn. The population of the state of New Jersey is about nine million people, hmm. and if you look within a 200 square mile radius just from the capital city of trenton you're talking about somewhere around 27 million people and new jersey is sandwiched between two states that just have medical and the capital city of trenton is only 55 miles from the number one cannabis consuming city in the world New York. New York City. Yeah. Wow. Wow. 
Yeah, Americans know and one. that. And that one point six two point two billion dollars, that is just looking at just the population of the of the state of New Jersey. That's not factoring in what happens when all those people in Philly come to come uh, come to where they gonna get their weed from. And what about all them people in New York? Where they gonna go get their weed from? You understand what I'm saying? I do. So when you, when you start getting into uh, billions of dollars like this, I feel like you could buy some politicians to help you with this. Because I mean, where do you where do you so you're in New Jersey? Where do your politicians stand on this? The ones that can assist okay, you. Okay. So in, interesting question. You know, when you talk about the politicians here and stuff, because you know you have to understand that you know even given those numbers and you know you know, we we all know money is what makes these politicians really definitely. You see what I'm saying? But the thing is, is that you have two types of people here in New Jersey. And you could probably, this would apply probably in Massachusetts as well. And the two types of people are you have Jetsons and you have Flintstones. I love this analogy. Okay. And already. <laughs> oh, he told me. Uh, yeah. I love it. And, and our, our state assembly is comprised of majority a bunch of Flintstones. So there are certain subjects like home grow. That's that's a Jetsons subject matter. Mm. It's too advanced for this particular body to be to, to be okay with right out the gate. This ain't this is not the body this legislative body is not the one who is advanced enough to handle that kind of a that kind of a subject matter like home grow which is <clears throat> because we still have people here that say gateway drugs. Like, they still think that type of stuff. Yeah. So the stigma, you know what I'm saying, that is, is alive and well, so much so that you have to recognize that, you know, this is something that's got 48 years in the making. And understand something, in New Jersey, when you talk about cannabis legalization, you messing with the bottom line of three major industries. You're talking about old money, yep. which is the pharmaceutical companies. They've been in this state for generations. Mm-hmm. You're also messing with long money, and that's the alcohol industry. Oh, really? And when you talk about, yeah, they've been in this state for generations, too. Yeah. And when you talk about cannabis legalization in New Jersey, mm-hmm. you also messing with some big money. Wow. Because the prison industrial complex has been thriving in this state. Yep. And so when you look at the question of tra- massive transfer of wealth, you could understand why it would be, it's a, it's a very difficult thing. See, the state of New Jersey, ACLU just released a report. Just last year alone, the state of New Jersey uh, locked up about 32,000 people for low-level, minor, nonviolent possession of cannabis. Hmm. Dime bags and 20 bags. You see what I'm saying? Yep, yep. And 81% of those people look like me. Yeah. That's a fact. Yep. And if you go back to 2000, the state of New Jersey has averaged those that 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 has averaged twenty five thousand arrests a year. Wow, that is a lot. That is so. How, 
so you're so you're fighting so totally so you're fighting against so okay the money in in, in cannabis is is good money but you're fighting against the drug company because i mean if you can grow your own pain relief in your backyard yeah uh there's a yeah. problem there well, go ahead well no it's just that that's a that's a again it's just a, it's just a, a a subject that's just too advanced yeah. for these people to understand, to understand. You, you, you see what i'm saying yeah. well, so when you're talking about you have to understand new jersey is poised to be the second state in the history of the country to legislatively legalize cannabis so this is a whole nother beast than what we're accustomed to hearing the first state was vermont you understand yeah so this isn't some ballot referendum where you try to fit the entire industry into a yes or no type of question you understand what i'm saying yeah, I do. We're, we're we're going straight into the books line item by line item is that a good thing or so a bad thing things, well it's a very good thing Okay. And these are the things because as long as you, as long as it's a good thing, as long as those like you know people such as myself and others who are advocating on behalf of you know people like us, yeah. we, you know this industry was literally built on our backs in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. So you mean to tell me that you want to lock me up for this? turn around make a buck and then lock me out oh you must be out your rabbit ass mind hell no <laughs> you know and here's the thing growing no. up in the growing up in the 90s like you know uh, how, how, mm-hmm. old you, how old are you leo i'm 43 okay so you're the same age as us so yeah. you, we grew up in the 80s and 90s and right i knew a crack a, era. exactly i knew a lot of kids that had access to weed but here's the thing no one knew where it came from and we damn sure weren't growing it we didn't have the. Nope. I'm talking about the cocaine, whatever, any drug you can think of. We we were getting it from someplace, and mm-hmm. the thing is, we all know now the history of where it's all coming from and stuff like that. But it's like back yeah, then, well, nobody knew anything. And then it's funny that we're getting locked up and villainized and all the same stuff. And then we find out that the people who were locking it up was the people that was bringing it in in the first place. So, well, you know what's, go what's ahead. interesting is I'm actually one of the named plaintiffs in the in the lawsuit against Jeff Sessions. Oh wow! You know, really? Oh really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, I'm on that. That I'm sounds that fantastic. And, uh, another veteran named Jose Bailey. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. Uh, we're both on that. You know, I'm I'm uh, I'm a member of uh, Cannabis Cultural Association, and I had to get deposition for it and stuff. And we were in court like a few months ago about this. We, you know, we're on appeal right now. But you what's know, the it what's was the hearing about? Yeah, you know, we didn't win, but we're also appealing because the thing is, the judge uh, ruled that we had exhausted every means to uh, to with the Department of Justice to uh, get this rescheduled mm. and so or descheduled. So, um, and now we're on appeal. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But it's just getting the forcing the conversation to be had is what's interesting because. You know, listening to the judge, he it was a, you know it was tough for him, but he, he did say he said, look, you know, um, I can't really. He's like, I'm sitting here, I'm looking at this this veteran right here. It's helped him. I see this little girl's parents has helped her. Mm-hmm. You know, how is it that this is a schedule one? I mean, explain it to me and make it make sense to me. And you could tell the 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 government lawyers was just not prepared for that because it's listen. During discovery, we figured out that you know the the link the 
Nixon administration, when President Nixon scheduled put cannabis as a Schedule One drug, mm-hmm. he did it because he was going after the Black Panther Party and the hippies. They really? Staunchest opponents. Yeah, they I were his staunchest opponents during the Vietnam War. They gave him the hardest. They gave him the hardest time. He needed a way to get to bust into their doors, to get into those, break up those meetings, mm-hmm. and lock those people up. So against the Attorney General's uh, uh, recommendations, and I think the American Doctors Association, which they all told him not to do, cannabis is not that, or what have you, he did it anyway. And then they knew if they packaged cannabis with heroin then and vilify it on the evening news every day, yeah. you know, that is how we came to be where we are. So Tricky when you hear the old school folks say things like, what you doing smoking that dope to them? That, that dope is heroin and cannabis. They packaged it, the whole thing together. So, you know what I said? We have to look at the pathology of how we got to the way we're thinking, because you said it yourself. We didn't, back then, we didn't grow up, we, we got it, but we didn't know where it came from. Nobody knew. You sure, yeah. sure as hell didn't know what it didn't even ask, either. Yep. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, these were all, this is, an, this is a prime example of, you know, like, where we are when you have people today still saying gateway drug, you know, those of us who are out of the closet and we consume and we're professionals about this, that's when we know. When you say, when you use the term gateway drug, you just dated yourself. I already know how much more I know than you mm. because that was scientific. Gateway, we don't talk that way no more. That was scientifically debunked years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when we hear it, we always say, "Ooh, what year are you?" So the, the <laughs> so there's a there's, we don't talk that way. There's a culture. It's like Negro. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, there's definitely a culture that you guys are gonna have to like. You know, all politics begins with you know economics and culture, and you have definitely have a mm-hmm. cultural stigma of. You know, like like one of my favorite movies of all time is Half Baked with Dave Chappelle. Hilarious. You know that movie? Yep. Okay. I love that movie. <laughs> it's hilarious. But that's what people think of is just dudes getting wasted and being bums and just sleeping on couches no. and now th- No, 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 no. You're you I, I get you're on the right track, but the wrong movie. And I'm gonna tell you why. Because that's the wrong movie? Half baked Yep, you got the wrong movie. A good one though, but wrong one. Because those of us who are old enough to remember when Half Baked came out, and when we and and, and we uh, enjoyed it and everything like that, those are the ones who are actually for it, who don't see anything wrong. And, and it took them a little bit of time, but they've been won over. The problem is, is that the movie that people that pops in the people's heads, who are staunch opponents of who who, are, who have subscribed to that stigma. It's Cheech and Chong. Oh, that's I've never smoke. seen those movies. Up in Smoke, yeah, oh, I did. high. As yeah, I did. What a, I did. What was and the uh, what was eighties, late seventies, eighties? But okay, what was the premise of those movies? I've heard of them, but I don't know what they're about. What Cheech and Chong? Yeah, I'm the ignorant guy oh, here. They I were apologize. both Cheech and Chong. Where uh, one was a, a, um, a Cheech man is a Mexican Chicano type. Um, and Chung, Tommy Chung was the uh, hippie stoner. They're both stoners. And they would get into all these different, you know, funny situations, you know, uh, like they, like one movie, they had the, they were smuggling uh, weed from Mexico to uh, L.A. Mm-hmm. And the only way they could think to get it was to actually make the truck, turn their truck, build a truck made out of weed. 
<laughs> and <drive>. <laughs> <laughs> and the they made a truck out of weed. Like, and the truck catches on fire. I got to see that. A, a, a weed truck. The whole truck was made out of weed. All right, I got to see and that. Truck, and, it, and they made it look like a dog. That's you know funny. Okay. And yeah, and at a certain point in the movie, the, the exhaust, you know, heated up the weed and the truck was... Smoking on the on the highway, <laughs> whole highway lit. All right, I'm gonna have to yeah, see that. So, I'm gonna have to so see the that. whole highway was lit up. But <laughs> see, but this is but this um, this is the stigma that you're fighting against, right? Is that correct? Is, okay. Yeah, like we're yeah. laughing, but it's like that's the stuff that that actually hurt us. And then not only that though, but then you also got the black exploitation movies around yeah. the same time. Yep, mm. yep. You see what I'm saying? And so you know, these are all things to scare. You know, to put that stigma and then also to align it with African-American people. You're right. You know what I'm yep. saying? And, you know, which is why, you know, when you hear people, like when you talk about, like, when you talk about legalizing and everything, the first thing people think is, so that means people will start driving high. Okay, um, listen, <laughs> legalizing <laughs> it's not going to create no new high drivers. They already out there. Yeah. You've already been driving with them. You've already been working with them. You've already ain't nobody nobody talking about you know legalizing cannabis doesn't mean that it doesn't give anybody the green light to okay start to start um to start driving high. It's still a DUI driving under the influence. Yeah, so exactly. It's, it's still covered. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you still like like nothing's changed on that. Front. Hey, hey, and, Leo. Um, oh, yes question um i remember you were telling me about the international relationship between europe and africa and asia and north america with the uh, mm -hmm. icic um can you tell me you know tell us what that organization is and what how do you think that that international relationship that trade route it's going to look and how can we as uh people black and brown people in america who are business-minded get involved and be cognizant of like how am I going to do business in that world either directly or indirectly well, um, well the thing is is that um, with all of this um, it requires us to start thinking on to start using a macro way of a macro level way of thinking matter of fact macro and micro mm -hmm. okay and <clears throat> the thing is is that you know, um, because we, you know, education, education, education is the biggest thing. So, uh, last summer, last spring, I was summoned to the consulate for the Czech Republic to meet with the ICCI, International Cannabis and Cannabinoid Institute. They are the ones who set the standards in terms of industry standards for cannabis over in Europe. And what they did is they, uh, the, 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 the Czech, the, the, you know, in the Czech Republic, what they did is they educated first before they rolled out the industry. See, we did it as backwards. And because we did it backwards is why the industry is where it is right now and looks the way that it looks. We did not educate. Well, they did. Matter of fact, the check they they took it the ic they took it to the t umpteenth power they went into they went so far into into educating people that they got the science down pat to genetics okay mm -hmm. at the same time 
what's happening now is when you look at these countries that are federally legalizing it because you know say what you will about our latino brothers and sisters but a lot of them are coming from countries where this is legal countrywide mm -hmm. medical you know saying adult use so when it comes to the international aspect the international trade routes are being established right now you know i can tell you that the ports of Bayonne and North have already been divvied up. Wow. That is where they are right now. And it is, you know, like my team and I, I you know, me and my team, our focus now has, you know, we, our horizons are, you know, much more broader than what a lot of our colleagues have because we recognize this and it's time for us, you know, to start, you know, moving and thinking in a global way. And in order for us to do that, we have to go someplace where it is legal to, where it is federally legal to move and conduct business in a global manner. So it's an exciting time for us, but at the same time, it's, it, it kind of hurts because our country is so far behind that we have to leave in order for us to be viable and from a global scale. And so, you know, but, and then when you look at communities of colors, particularly African-American communities, you know, the number one hardest group of people, bar none, to talk to is black church people. The number two mm. hardest group of people to talk to about this is black people. <laughs> and then really? the number three hardest people to talk to is Latino. And I'm going to tell you why. You know, black church people are much more conservative, you know what I'm saying, and they think along the same lines that you sort of kind of think in terms of, you know, how, how cannabis has been packaged as a drug, a bad drug, mm -hmm. versus and the stigma, and they subscribe to it, whereas you took it a, step, a couple of steps further and actually got yourself somewhat educated. Whereas, you know, and, and black church people are much more conservative than what you would think, particularly when you see that stuff on Fox News. But then... When you look at black people as a whole, we're largely suffering from PTSD over the illegality of the plant. And when you think about the illegality, the illegality of the plant has put people in jail, evidenced by the numbers I just quoted for you here in New Jersey. Yeah. It's killed people, it's broken up homes. You know, the illegality of the plant has cost people their Section 8 housing their ability to obtain college loans, good jobs, you know, again, that big, big money, prison industrial complex. Yeah, you see what I'm yeah. saying? And so, like, in New Jersey, you know, the numbers that I gave you are, you know, those are, you know, um, they're, well, they're solid numbers, but the numbers that I gave you are more so indicative of a state that has a police culture problem and so yeah. when you look at again taking ha, making this cultural shift in how we view this plant again we're talking about messing with a lot of money you know it's bad when 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 when, when jails are complaining that their beds aren't full so yeah we, we basically <laughs> you know, have industries based on it being illegal and that's the way correct. they're able to you know stay correct. stay afloat so even if and so any, we have and 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 we've been able to maintain a steady supply line exactly. for workforce. So what about um, states where it's so, who, who, where is it legal now? It's like Colorado and Vermont or something like that? California. California. Washington State. Yeah, Massachusetts. California. Massachusetts uh, Nevada, is legal now, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I think it's nine states. So how, how has that, how, 
Sorry, go ahead. Medical. I'm sorry. Twenty-eight medical. Twenty-nine. Twenty-eight. Twenty-nine medical, um, and nine uh, adult use in medical. Okay. So how has it affected, um, like the states where you can where you have free reign? Like, is it is it has there been any ad, any adverse effects on like uh, the pharmaceutical business in those companies or um, the well? Well. I think the if you if you notice particularly as of late if you start doing the research and looking at it, you'll start seeing that in the last few years a lot of the pharmaceutical companies have started to move into this space, you know, um, offering synthetic cannabis. You know, the FDA approved synthetic, synthetic cannabis. cannabis. That's a thing. What yeah, is what is it? Synthetic. It's synthesized. Yeah. Oh, I have no clue. <laughs> I, I have no idea. Are you referring to K two? I don't even want to know. Hi, Le- uh, Leo. Uh, we have a we have a third co-host here. He just hasn't said anything. Uh, he's a little bashful. Um, Cliff, Cliff, oh, okay. Cliff had a Cliff had a question. Go ahead, Cliff. Hey, Leo. Uh, sure, the ahead, synthetic uh, cannabis you're referring to is that the K two? Is that, is that are we thinking about the same? I'm sorry, one? Say that one more time. K two. You you heard about that? The the synthetic marijuana. K two. Yeah, K two. Oh God, yeah. You know what that stuff really is? I have no idea. That's why I'm asking. Incense, man. <laughs> it's it's incense. incense. Oh my goodness! Oh man! It's incense. Yeah, it's man, Egyptian musk. That's, 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 <laughs> it's incense. Yup. It's wow. incense, bro. Yup. Like, these people funny. don't know. I just, I'm, I'm, no, I just don't, I'm not pro smoking. I don't like smoking anything. Any any smoke inhaling into your into your lungs, I think, is not good for your body. But if you want to well, do it, hey, thing. go ahead. Well, sorry. here's the thing. You know, like. You know, smoking is just a delivery platform. You understand what I'm saying? Sure. You know, there are so many more, there are so many different ways to consume your cannabis without having to actually smoke. There's edibles, which is probably the most efficient way, and the high lasts the longest. There are things that, that happen, there are things that have chemical reactions that happen in your, in your, in your gut that actually, you know, enhance the high. Hmm. So... <laughs> And that's why you have people who they run to the hospital, you know, because most folks, most cannabis consumers know how many pulls from a joint it'll take before you actually start to feel it, mm. you know. But not everybody's in is is that kind of in tune with their bodies to know how their bodies absorb, you know, uh, food, particularly cannabis. And so you'll have people who will go and get a, a edible and they'll eat it and then like 10 minutes later they're like I don't feel anything so they eat something else and they don't feel anything and then they eat something else and you didn't even let the first one kick in oh, so wow. by the time the first one kicked in <laughs> yo Leo you gotta see Cliff's face yeah, right now that <laughs> I think Cliff, you know, Cliff had an edible experience I think oh yeah I, I, yeah. Uh, I took my first edible this week uh, very and, interesting and, experience and, and did you wake up high <laughs> um how can I explain it? It was uh, it was just very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now this is also coming. I don't thing. I don't smoke, so this was actually my first cannabis experience. Um, okay. Yeah. You can. You don't. You know what, man? You, there's lotion. <laughs> oh, so I, I wait, wait, to wait, ask hold on, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, he's <laughs> cannabis you, lotion. You said you got some weed lotion. Yeah. I'm sorry. You said you got some weed lotion. What'd you say? Yes, there there is weed lotion. Damn, son. There are weed patches. I actually have a I actually have a marijuana patch on right now. I'm <laughs> are you lifted at this moment? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Yep, I, I'm just yep, 
right there through the skin. Damn. Keeps me going good 12 hours. You know what I'm saying? That's like a pain patch right there. I'm nice. So here's the thing. I, I have because uh, here's the thing. My mother's listening right now. Uh, I have never actually. I'm I'm legit, legit serious. I've never been high ever. I don't even know what high okay. means. So I don't. Mm-hmm. But I I've seen a lot of high people. I grew up in the hood. I know what high is when I see it. Uh, but I don't know what high is as I have never experienced it. And I don't think it's like. Here's the thing. I think recreationally, I don't know if that's like a good. I don't. I don't like the idea. I don't like. I don't think people should drink. I really don't. I think people should like just deal with life. You know. <laughs> but well, but let's, um, let's, let's look at this. But hold on, hold on. Because interestingly, wait real quick. Because you said recreational, right? First off, I'm not pro recreational like use. No. Go ahead. Right, but we don't like using. Here's the thing. We don't like using the term recreational. Let me ask you something. Is Alcohol, a recreational beverage, or an adult beverage? It's recreational. No. What do you mean when you say adult? Who's allowed to drink alcohol? Oh, adults. Okay, I see what you're saying. 21 and over, sure. adult beverage, yeah. Alcohol is classified as an adult beverage. Got it. Right? Yeah, yeah. All right. So you're talking about adults. So when you say recreational... Particularly when you're talking about cannabis, again, remember how cannabis has been packaged now, okay? Mm-hmm. It's adult use, not recreational. I don't care about no kids now. We got kids using cannabis. The kids that should be using cannabis are the ones who have legit medical use. You understand what I'm saying? Well, we know the kids is getting it, though. They, they still getting it. As as it's illegal. Same, but I'm saying, yeah, but I'm saying it's the same, same thing with alcohol. They're still getting it when they need to get it. But I see what you're saying is you're saying this should be relegated to adults. But my my, what I was adding to that is that I think it should be relegated to medical use. However, I don't really care if you're using it for personal use. That's just my thoughts on it. Yeah, you see, like I don't, I don't believe in locking people up for smoking a cigarette. Essentially, is what it well, is. Well, then, then, then. Like that's crazy. If I that think that's is, mental. If that is, if that is in fact how you really, really feel, mm. then stop saying you just for medical. You just for it. Well, yeah, I am. You know I, I think because it's ridiculous. Because white people have been doing it forever, son, and they don't get arrested ever. Nothing. But again, we're, remember, I said we're we're talking about facilitating a cultural shift in exactly. how we do it. You did mm. and mention that. You keep. Like, if you're going to make, if, if, you know, like, if you can't, I, I don't think we should keep making the distinction between adult and medical. It's, you know, just look, I'm for it. <laughs> Got it. All right, you know so Leo, uh, can you talk about how the, um, you see if, if the U.S. doesn't respond well federally, how mm-hmm. cannabis as a, as a good is going to be traded globally, you know? Or even if it's how it's going to be traded in the United States, all the different very what kind of different types of products are out there. And someone's like, look, whether or not they partake in cannabis for adult use, or they just want to make you know want to hop into the business, how do you see it looking as this new industry is popping off? Okay, well, in states that had comprehensive medical marijuana programs, they're seeing a significant drop in the number of opioid abuse and addiction incidences. One of the things they weren't prepared, those states weren't prepared for, was also the number of uh, prescriptions that's being written were being dro- were dropping too. Mm. And so people were choosing cannabis. You know, like you have states who actually use cannabis to help, you know, your heroin addicts or your opioid uh, addicts wean off of it. So 
So, in contrary to what some would totally believe, it's not a gateway drug. It's more like an exit drug. You understand what I'm saying? If you want, if you want to call it that, yeah, it gets you off the you other know. stuff. Yeah, yes, it gets you off the much harder stuff. And on top of that, every human being, me, you, everybody in the room, all of us, we have what is called a endocannabinoid system. Okay, and the endocannabinoid system is where you produce your body naturally produces CBD, a compound that is produced also in marijuana and cannabis. I did not which know that. Is why cannabis is looked at as also an anti-inflammatory because it's not it's natural to the body. It's not synthesized. Really, I did not know that. That is that. Yeah. See. Oh, uh, yeah. See, we learned some stuff tonight. Teaching, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, this is That's all like do. Listen, write this number down. Uh, all your listeners, write this number down. Numbers, write your uh, six, listeners. Go ahead. You ready? Yep. It's 635-0507. Okay? Take, those, take that number. Just write, just Google that number. Nothing else, just type in that number. It'll blow your mind what comes on the screen. Hold on. Uh, Shaman, are you doing it right now? Yeah, I'm already done. He's already in there. Hold on, he's he's our uh, he's our T uh, T and D P researcher. T and D P nerd. Yeah, he, he pulls he pulls the stuff up while we're uh, while we're while we're chatting. It looks like some patents <laughs> over here, man. What's, what's there? You go. Patents on what? And guess who owns it? Probably all white people. <laughs> no. Nope. Wait, who owns you it? Do. What you do. You do. Mean? What are you talking about? They're federal. Oh, they're federal patents. Oh, yep. man. The federal the United States government owns the patent on CBD, fellas. Wow. So we own the patent on something that's illegal. Yeah, see. And why is you that? You want to know what it's. That's yeah, crazy. And, 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 you know, listen. See, this is why I don't trust nobody. I don't trust nobody, son. Listen. <laughs> As a as a non commissioned officer in the United States Army, you know I, I my actual my my career profession is DOD telecommunications. That's my my actual background, my craft. And not a day went by where I didn't either I was reminded or someone or I was reminding somebody how much the American people pay for a piece of equipment that I was working on. We hear it. All the time. Wow. We know to the dot. We know to the cent how much half the equipment costs that we work on. Wow. It's normally not. It cheap. also costs. It also costs. You know the American people millions of dollars to train me to do my craft in telecommunications. We're talking. You know, uh, feeding me, clothing me, my security clearances. You know. Um, Sending me off the war, all of that stuff. Yeah. That cost all millions. Millions. And that being said, everything that I'm doing right now, everything that I'm telling you, I'm, I feel as though I'm offering you a much better return on investment than 22 veteran suicides a day. So tell me you know, something. I took an oath. So I didn't just say a pledge of allegiance. I took an oath. So my service to my country didn't stop because I'm now no longer in, in, in uniform. Yeah. And so. When you have to, when we're talking about this cultural shift, okay, I'm gonna start asking where my what, what y'all doing with my money. I love that. Where's man. the money yeah. going? 
I have a lot of uh, I have a lot of people in my life who are in the military. I don't know how that is. I think Shaman here. I got a lot of friends in Seattle. I got there's a lot of military people. And they all they all mm-hmm. have a very similar thing. They keep that old to the country, even though they're not necessarily in you know active duty anymore. Yeah. I had a question, man. So let's huh? talk about you for a minute. Why? So do you you keep a patch on all the time? So is this for physical pain, or, do, or does it just help you deal with emotional stress, or what? What is? Why do you have to have the patch on? Uh, uh, no, no. Um, I, I just got the patch on because I just felt like wearing the patch. Today. Oh, okay, got I it. <laughs> I had one. Nah, I'm sorry, so I don't mean to make it seem like nah. This is this is adult use right now. Got it. Okay, <laughs> understood. All right. All right. All right. Okay, okay, but but you said it helps you. Did you did you was there any kind of like injuries or anything where you have to, or is it always just yeah, a yeah, you know, I've had you know I've had a number of knee surgeries, you know, um, during my time in the military. Okay, and you know, like it does help with my knee pain. It does help, you know, with you know my symptoms of post traumatic stress disorder. Mm. You know, um, you know, uh, my my my. It, it all plays out differently for everybody, but somewhat the same, you know. Um, yeah. And for me, um, it's my rage, you know, my rage button. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's a it's a different kind of, you know, um, you know, you know. I come from a, an environment where if you're five minutes early, you're on time, and if you come at the time, the state of time, you're late. Yeah, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah, mm-hmm. and so. And I've been in situations where if you don't effectively communicate the first time around, people could die. Yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah. that's a real thing. Yeah, yeah. And so, when you've gone through different types of scenarios that I've gone through, you know, um, you know, it, I, I've seen the worst that man can do to man, and hmm. I've experienced it and done it. You know, oh, yeah. And you know, when you put someone in those types of situations on a continuous basis, you know, like, you know, our bodies are not meant for that, not on a continuous basis, you know what I'm saying, that type of trauma, you know, and so, you know, because what happens is, if you don't get a chance to come down from that, and you're going through that trauma on a continuous basis, your wiring on the inside gets completely changed. Yeah. And so when you look at trauma, that's why, you know, one of the, you know, one of the things that motivated me was getting PTSD because I knew that there was a lot of people who thought PTSD was just a veteran thing. It's like, uh-uh, you go from one end of Stavison Avenue to the other, you'll come back with PTSD for sure. Yeah. You know, go on up on there on Martin Luther King Boulevard. You'll see Watch. Any country. Any country. Any town in any state. MLK Boulevard. Not a good place. Which is sad. Very sad. You know, my wife is... um. To bring it to a different, uh, slightly different tangent, my wife is um, Canadian and not in any way hood, and um, I grew up extremely hood, but not, not I, I am not hood, but I grew up in the hood. If that makes any sense, right? And so my wife and will tell you, you're not hood adjacent. You're from the hood. Yeah, but uh, I still have PTSD. My wife will tell you, I still have PTSD. Like when you know when something happens to one of my kids, and I'm like, yeah, you be alright. Come on, man, just walk it off, bro. And uh, my wife is like, oh, my goodness. Like, <laughs> he fell off of, you know, the top of the cabinet. And, you know, he really hurt his feelings. Hurt. And it's like, you know, that's feelings, like, what, yeah, what, are, what are you talking about? You be all right, man. I don't know. Some of that might just be being a man. But, uh, no. I was, was going to say, that's not really, I don't think that's 
Yes. Well, there's there's other instances. I, I, I mean, I'm like, I look at my son, and I'm like, look, are you injured or are you hurt? Which is <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. But no, there, there's that. other there's other instances. There's other instances. Like there'll be times where like you know, I got like ten dollars left in the bank. This is not recent, but you know, my wife is like flipping out, and I'm like, we be I've got ten dollars, man. We be all right. Nah, but just don't spend yeah, well, nothing. Nah, nah that's just <laughs> 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 it's not negative. <laughs> there are two types of let me let me help you out. There's two types of PTSD. Right? Yeah. There's direct, and then there's indirect. So direct is I, uh, I, 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 uh, I, I was in a car accident, or I got beat up, or I saw I got uh, I got shot. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, indirect is. I saw someone get killed. I saw someone get stabbed. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I I I I uh, I was screamed at, but I wasn't actually touched. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, and when you talk about PTSD, you know, and particularly like when you talk about communities of color, like the African American community, you know, it forces some very difficult that means some very difficult conversations have to be had secrets come out mm-hmm. and 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 so when you look at people you know um we all know someone who's probably been touched at some point or another when they was a child we do yeah. See, that's trauma right there yeah you know when you look mm-hmm. at folks who are when you look at what the symptoms of ptsd are hypersensitivity to pr- constructive criticism you know mm. um Risky behavior, you know, those all we we're, we're talking about some of our family members. Yep. Yeah, you know, yeah. I I know people. You know, you, you ever you you have those relatives. You know those relatives that they can't do peace for very long. Man, I do. If mm. every if everything was really copacetic, everything was fine, everything was perfect. They start a problem. If, it was that, if they were in that kind of environment yeah. for too long, they'd have to throw some kind of a life grenade in there to blow things up, yeah. you know, to get things going. Because yep. that's what they we know some. We know people who are at who are most alive when there's some mess going on. That's, that's crazy, but it's so true. Animated. Yep. That's when they're the most, you know, like no matter whether, whether it's positive or negative, that's when they're the most alive with some with some stuff going on, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's PTSD. Yeah. Now, I don't know what it is oh. that got them to that point. Leo, can I ask you a question about that? That's PTSD. And if we're gonna and if we're gonna go take it, we can take it even further. Leo, can you, you hear know? me? Yeah, hold on. Yeah, I can hear you. Cliff had one question. Go ahead. I'm sorry, real quick before you finish that thought. Um, when you describe the PTSD. I know there's some people who who do thrive in in high stress situations and sometimes they they put that stress on themselves because that's what they feel they perform best or they're in they're they're at their best when they're under a lot of stress is that the same is that in the same realm as the ptsd no 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 yeah i don't think that's that's the same yeah yeah no that's that there's a difference you know like um because that's a profession you understand what i'm saying Mm. and that's that's um that's that's actually a person like I'm I, like the example I'm, I was using it in terms of it again if everything was topic they don't do peace and quiet for very long mm. you know they, can't they gotta it. have they gotta change to something yeah yeah they can't yeah you know and that's yeah. normally you know and you normally find that you know like you have those like yeah I have some women who who don't think that they're loved unless they're getting whooped by their man mm. 
Yeah, need low back. Yeah. Yeah. trauma. I've known yeah. I've known someone like that. I'm not. Gonna yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it happens. Cause it's you crazy. Know, some though. Core, yeah. core trauma there. Yeah. Um, I'm yeah, right now. Just, just, you know, you got those. You know, got some of those chicks that's out there that like to just fight. Just, just I just they just want to fight. Yeah. You know, just to, just to be fighting. You know, like you know, and they and they end up back with the guy and everything like that. Yeah, all of that is that's someone who's lived under a certain certain set of circumstances that. The trauma was continuous. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's that. That's where that comes from. So again, where, when you're talking about, you know, again, a cultural shift. Mm-hmm. This ain't this ain't this ain't no light work, man. And yeah. there's nothing light about the things that we're talking about here in terms mm-hmm. of how the, the kind of work that needs to be done. And so, as you guys start to from, just from looking at it from an emotional standpoint, and let's just go back even further. Imagine walking with your wife and your two kids, and then all of a sudden, some dudes run up and they they tie you up, they tie your wife up, they tie you, they tie your kids up, and they rape your wife in front of you and the kids, and they throw you out in cages. I'm going back to slavery. Oh yeah, we knew that okay. in the description. Where's the, where's the, there, there, there was no that what kind of PTSD thing do you think was passed on right then and there? Hmm. So this thing, this PTSD thing, is in our DNA. Yeah, sticks with that, you. This you is know some research that um, if the mother is in extensive trauma while pregnant, that that trauma chemically impacts the child's brain. Man. Correct. So, so you're thinking about all these, you know, the United States is a, you know, we've all defended, both of us are defended, but the United States is a violent country. We have an issue with violence. We've got an issue with abuse. We do, we're still dealing with the trauma that we did to ourselves regarding slavery and the exploitation around the board. That that that's still with us. We're we're recovering as a society from the trauma that we did to everyone else and ourselves, and it, it takes a long time. But uh, right. Hey, let me ask you guys because generational. Yeah, mm-hmm. l- let me ask you and Shaman the same question. I have I have some other friends, and I've asked them this question before as well. Um. In war, you guys have both been active war. In active war, mm-hmm. you, a lot of horrible things happen. You sometimes you are the actual perpetrator of horrible things. What do you do to get past it once you get back to your civilian life? I know they put you through a debriefing thing, or I forget what they call it. D what? There's a what? There's a debriefing. No, no, well, you don't just go back into you, you. I forget what they call it. There's a ah oh, man, I forget what they are. But once you once you finish war, you don't just get on a plane and go back to your house. You you go through like this debriefing or de. Uh, Depends what kind of unit you're coming from. Well, anyway, what do you? Yeah, do? I was gonna say yeah, that's exactly what happens. You put on a plane. Yeah, plane. really? You, you just go home. right back to your house? Uh-huh. Yeah, if you went, if you're not uh-huh. cl- classified as a, a in you know your infantry or something, you getting shot at or really? I could have sworn someone said. Bro, you could be. You could look. Even, I was on an aircraft carrier from the time we were. In country and back home, if we wanted to, I could be home in seven days sailing back. You, the guys, in, he's army. He can be on a plane, C one thirty, and then they hold you for like forty eight hours, and you're in the house. Right, it, that's that's not that's it, not cool. It, it's but, not um, months. It, you're gonna be you're gonna be home in a very short period of time, and it takes yeah, a long say, time. The, yep, from the time that you, I would say from the time, and all the and every every time I read the call you back, from the time that we actually got on the bus leaving the the fob to the time I got actually got walked through the door of my own house probably like a day 
Wow. If that, that is a short amount of time. So yeah. what? Okay. So my my, my question is my question is what do you guys do to reconcile the fact and become like a because you go from a warrior essentially to like back to civilian life? What do you guys do to sort of detach from all the horror that you've seen and actually in, inflicted on people? And I'm sure you guys are aware of the fact that sometimes innocent people die and all that kind of stuff. What what do you do to get past that PTSD? Oh, wow, man. That I'll be honest with you. That's like one of the roughest times. It's like the best and the roughest time. It's The roughest time is not the first month, two months that you're back. Mm. The, the roughest time is the, the actually the second to the third on. That's when it gets rough. Wow. The first month, you're just happy to be home. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know? Okay, yeah. You're happy to, you're happy to like, you, you, like, first of all, that first month, every shower would be like an hour long. <laughs> <laughs> just enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, every shower would be like an hour long, and it'd be hot, you know. Mm. Um, you don't shave or anything like that because you off. You're on what they call block leave, mm. you know. But then you, that second that, that second month, you know, and hopefully by the time that when you come off a of block leave, all of your equipment has come back to your unit. Mm. You see what I'm saying? And then you can start putting your unit back together again. But it's tough because when you're downrange for a long period of time, you you look you, you know all the days start to look the same. Downrange you know means you're in country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you're in country, yeah, you know all the all the days they look the same to you. Every day you wake up, you know exactly what you're going to do that day, and you know what you you know. So uh, and once that starts to happen, now you're in your stride. You see what I'm saying? And then at a certain point that you break that stride to come home. Now you have to start all over again and you have to find your way. And then on top of that, if you come from an area where you're accustomed to, you know, the, the C RAM going off, you know, and you're accustomed to those mortar rounds coming in, you know, and you're you you know, those are things that, you know, like listen, fellas, I didn't get I, I got the best sleep ever when I got back to Iraq. Wow, really? That was when I, I, yep, I got the best sleep ever. That was when I like, it, and it was crazy because the sound of Blackhawks coming in and all that stuff. You know, um, the, the, those are things that like it's crazy how you get programmed. Yeah, the brain got used to. See, I didn't. Yeah, I, I came from Iraq, but I was I was on a ship, so I stayed out to sea for the next year and a half plus. So I was still in that mode because once you're out the sea in your mm-hmm. Navy, it's always dangerous. So, mm-hmm. and then my family was caught up in Katrina, Hurricane Katrina. So I went from a military intensity to then dealing with the, you know, my whole um, kids, my ex-wife's side of the family being completely removed. <laughs> uh, and right. so... And then I went into work, and it was um, I worked, and I loved that intensity. What, what, what Cliff was talking about, I was constantly seeking that continuous stimulus. Hmm. I needed to yep. be on, and that's how you dealt with yep. PTSD. Brain, essentially, I, it wasn't the PT. I had been on. I had been trained my brain to be on. I worked. We, if you're in country or you're out to sea, you're working not twelve hour days. 
you're working 18 hour days. Sometimes you're working full. Say, you're working like 18 hour days. Yep. Yeah. Sometimes 21. Sometimes depending on what's going on. You 21 might not, hour days. I know guys on the wow. the guys on the flight deck. They might work straight for a day, two days. Or if there's something going on, I might not sleep at all. And what happens is your brain starts micro sleeping. I got I have huge sleep problems. Like I would sleep whenever I was not doing anything, so I could walk and take a nap. I could <laughs> I could drive, and if the traffic yeah, got yeah. slow, no, no. I mean, wow. You'd be surprised the ways you. I, I remember, I remember, <laughs> I remember being so tired that you know we were on the we were on the um, on the uh, on the gun range, and I was being I was a spotter for somebody, and this dude is shooting a M4 right in my face. Damn. Okay. Yeah. And I was snoring up a storm. I was getting wow. <laughs> yeah, you I was, was dreaming. So I wow. Did, I'll never forget it too. I remember what I did too. I remember I tipped my Kevlar just a little bit so as the spent rounds were coming back, it was hitting just the Kevlar. Oh, so you couldn't be so inconvenienced by that. Rounds, okay, <laughs> got it. <laughs> yeah. It would be too much of an inconvenience for the little rounds to bounce off. Okay, They're I understand. Hot. Yeah, yeah. You know, Listen, yeah, I they, understand. They start you, they start you That's rugged, that way man. Listen, when you go to, yeah. let me tell you something. When you go through basic, they start you off at basic training. I figured out why, you know, like, you know why they do, you've seen, if you, you've seen the movies where you got the drill sergeants. Yeah. They do all that yelling and screaming and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, Okay. Now, in the Army, and I'm sure it's like this in the Marine Corps too, but in the Army, you, those drill sergeants, they never stop yelling. Okay. And what I mean by that is the same way that they was yelling at you on day one, they yelling at you the same way on, on the last day. Yeah. The thing is, is that at a certain point, okay, it don't sound like yelling. They still yelling, but it don't sound like yelling. Mm-hmm. And so what ends up happening is that's where your programming comes in. Because what happens is, is that you learn to be functional in a state of chaos. We call you it being vicious and always, intense. Yeah. Vicious and correct. intense. You have to always so bombs and all that stuff could be going off. You understand what I'm saying? But you still gonna do your job. Yeah. And that is one of the secrets to why you have first of all, you have the greatest military in the history of the planet. And that is a fact. Yeah. That's a I believe fact. It. Okay. Yeah. And the reason being is is that our ability to control the night we run operations at night the same way and as busy as we do during the day hmm. so that american war machine is something else once you get it going that's why you don't you know russia could say what all they want to say and Everything like that, they can say whatever they want, but don't nobody want to go head to head with the United States military. Don't and they're, and they're like the only ones team. that could. Yeah. yeah and, 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 and and they ain't going to win. No. No, I know. You know what I'm saying? I know like the world. It, it, yeah. yeah, we have the largest, we have, our, our, we have the largest military in the next eight countries combined, including China. <laughs> they can't. Man. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's why they, that's why they got to mess with us with the computers. And that's why they got to go out our election. You know what I'm saying? But if you want to pull out the big guns, you really want to ride that train? We yeah. have sustained a war on two different fronts for going on almost 20 years, y'all. 
More than that, man, and, and that because we're not just talking about those two wars. I mean, we've been at war like literally for decades, man. See what I'm saying? Yeah, sustained saying? and winning. But yes, we have sustained it. Yeah, yeah. So let's uh, then, go ahead. And my, I'm sorry. And mind you, while we sustain these two wars, think about everything that it went down to mm-hmm. in the last twenty years. Come on, man. Yeah. No, I know. <laughs> I know. No. So one of the things that happens in is that a lot of veterans you don't you you got you could be burnt out by that intensity mm-hmm. a lot your mind is not designed to do that yeah it re, those of us who get reprogrammed it is hard to make the transition back i spend half my time be, why, why am i on like four nonprofit boards and yeah. doing this podcast and building because i need that intensity yo. To i'm, me I'm similar i'm similar horrible. Well, i'm no, similar like, in a lot of ways is. but i get it here's yeah. what it is you for a period of time, you like every other veteran and current military member, you are you for a significant period of time, you were accustomed to being in an environment that fostered success on a continuous basis. Mm. We have all known success. The difference is is that we've all known success only one way together. Mm-hmm. We've always done it together i'm gonna get you home and you're gonna get me home and so this is where again our cultural shift let's look at a better rate of return on investment because y'all paid for this every single taxpaying citizen in the united states you paid for this you paid millions and millions of dollars to train me, yeah, yeah, and you got me sleeping on a park bench. Don't you think you should get a little bit more for your money than than, than that? Yeah, we. That's another and thing. That's, yeah. Oh, good, sorry. That's what makes veterans. That's why veterans are, you know, like that that need that drive. Imagine someone taking that need and that drive, you know, and, and, and imagine if your whole workforce was made of people like Shaman. Mm. Yeah. Imagine. You see what I'm saying? Your (laughs) company, you know what I'm saying? Because you come in, they're coming in, you know, every one of those those clones is coming in with an impeccable work ethic. And all you have to do is put them in the the position in which that that work ethic can serve you well. Yeah. Let me ask you. But they don't, but... Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was, I was going to ask you because I got to I got to uh, I'm going to start wrapping this up. But I wanted to see because we we also we go on tangents here and uh, we are no stranger to tangents. And we've been on one for a while. <laughs> but uh, but it's all good, though. I love talking about this kind of stuff. But I wanted to see uh, what is so as far as your battle in New Jersey uh, with mm-hmm. with um, with uh, getting marijuana legalized and, and stuff down there. Where where is that fight and what stands in your way currently and how how close do you feel you are to um to achieving your goal here? Um I I I'm looking at somewhere between October twenty ninth and Q two twenty nineteen. Okay. And you feel like you should have it Yeah. And 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 the longer it takes if it the long the, the, the longer it takes Anything beyond the 29th, the longer it takes, the better of a written bill we'll have. You know, but 
in terms of you know Jersey politics, you know there's some things that are happening here that could cause this bill to somewhat stutter step, and it actually has nothing to do with the bill and has everything to do with you know the way these politicians are are are, are gunning for each other. Yeah. It's ridiculous, but it's it's interesting, but it, it is what it is, you know. Um, you know, but, you know, what we do know we have in our bill so far mm. is, uh, we have, our tax rate is going to be somewhere between 10 and 12 percent. Um, wow. yeah, we have 25 percent set aside for black and brown people and women and veterans. Um, we have, uh, delivery and we also have micro licensing. Hmm. And so, what's micro licensing? Yeah, so there's some, yeah, so there's some, you know, like, you know, I don't, you know, there's some other, you know, as, oh, and we also have automatic record expungement. That needs to and happen for gonna, sure. Like, yeah, that's yeah, gonna go absolutely. Back to 1971. So, all the people with minor offenses, nonviolent or nonviolent marijuana offenses get expunged? Yep, that definitely that, needs to happen. Yep. Yeah, definitely needs to happen. A lot of brothers begin yep. jobs now. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and 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 just you know, we just a, a few days like a few days ago here in the capital city of Trenton, you know, the capital, the city council on a, this is on a municipal municipality level, but the capital city of Trenton just voted on some uh, cannabis uh, ordinances. That, you know, for where businesses will, you know, zoning and, 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 and variances, you know, throughout the city, mm. you know, for cannabis type businesses. So, you know, like this is, you know, this and, and I actually helped craft some of that ordinance. And so, you know, but in crafting and, and getting this done, you know, this has been a, a, a long ordeal. So this was this was huge for us in, in terms of, you know, um, you know, trying to make things happen, you know, not only just for my state, because listen, at the end of the day, this is nothing but I just want to see my state get a win. Yeah. I want to see my hometown get a win. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Mm. And what we have is a quality of leadership issue. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And look, I worked on the comms packages for General David Petraeus, and I was on Admiral Mike Mullins's comms package too hmm. my last mission as a soldier was the NATO training mission in Iraq so that's how I got to work for these people and I tell folks all the time you cannot put a little black boy from Trenton New Jersey in a room with that caliber of mind on a continuous basis and think he ain't gonna pick up something yeah <laughs> That's true. Where does uh, where does Cory Booker stand on on this issue? Because he's, well, uh, he's, he's the only politician Booker I know. Is, is the one who introduced the Marijuana Justice Reform Act, mm. where that's to just completely de- take it off the schedule list of drugs altogether. All right, yeah, that's good. All right, so yeah, I think so, you guys are making you know, progress then for sure. Yeah. Did, yeah, well, I, I believe that New Jersey is going to be new, the new jumping off point. Yeah, for I other so. states. That could do that. That would do, and I hope that they would do it even better than what Jersey did. I mean, that and I retroactive criminal decriminalization is that's amazing. Yeah, and I do that's believe critical. that you will not be able to be president of the United States without being for this. The next so president, this is, be yeah. legal. this is going to be legal, I believe, in the next 
four to five years. Yeah. I think that this will be legal in the next four to five in the next five years. You know that cannabis will be legal federally. Yeah. You know, but until then, <laughs> from a business perspective, I'm not waiting no four to five years. I'm I'm gonna work right now. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of money you know, there because, now, for sure. You know, we we were behind when it came to you know from from our you know from an African American perspective. You know, we missed out when it came to real estate. They redlined everything. We missed out when it came to the dot com because ain't nobody had no computer. Yeah. You know, we keep missing out when it comes to the hair industry. We keep giving our money away. We ain't even we need to stop you know, that though. Yeah. that like we're supposed to. You yeah. know, I mean, we in there, but we ain't really in there. Yeah. You know, and put like this, we are worse in the cannabis industry than we are in the hair industry. Yeah. Ooh. Mm. And a and a good friend of mine named Marvin Washington said, and I'm you know I thought it was brilliant, is we are the most unorganized truth against a very organized lie. <laughs> that and sounds that like is, that sounds like some Cornell West. That is right absolutely now. one million percent true. Yeah. One million percent. Yep. We don't really realize yep. how organized they are on, on not just this issue on a lot of issues. But I'm yeah. with you. I'm with well, you. Well, we're also you know remember. Three types of money: old, long, and big. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what you're fighting against. So, so, yeah, this is a whole like, like this is a whole lot that we're going up against. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And mind you, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, this one was built on our backs in our lifetime. Yeah. My, when I was a kid, my mother used to make me and my sisters watch a show, a documentary called Eyes on a Prize. Oh, I remember, oh, remember that. that. Yeah, classic. Keep your yeah. eyes oh, yeah. on your prize. Remember that? Oh, yeah. That's yeah, I remember it. that. I love that show. Yeah. Yeah, well, this is Eyes on the Prize 2018, bro. Yeah. yeah. That's what this is. This Eyes on the Prize now. You know what I'm saying? This is, think about that, that whole documentary. That whole documentary went from like the 50s all the way up to the 70s. You know yeah. what I'm saying? This is, that's what's going on right now. Listen, guys, you and I. We are the only ones, everybody within, within the range of my voice, we are the only ones who will ever experience the end of prohibition on cannabis that can actually do something about it. Yeah. It's yeah, only a, take advantage. There's never going to be a, there's never going to be another end of prohibition on cannabis ever. Yeah. Our no. kids are not going to be able to do anything. Our great kids, everything that we do. So, Imagine going back to the early days of the end of prohibition on alcohol when Budweiser was just the guy who lived around the street hmm. and Heineken was around the corner. <laughs> yeah, the people you know made a crazy fortune at the end of prohibition. You know, I'm certain of it. Right. Right. And now those names and now those names that I just asked back then, ain't nobody know who those people were. Anheuser Bush and all that. You know, now a hundred something years later, those are old names in the industry. Mm. Okay, that's what we're doing now. Who's the old names in the industry? We ain't got no old names. They're all brand new. Ain't never been here before. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Leo Bridgewater has been a pleasure. And it's hey, been man, extremely I informative. You guys having me on. Oh, man. Pleasure. It, it's a serendipitous uh, way to meet you. I'm, I'm, I'm glad. And being a regular warrior, he was like, Podcast tomorrow, I'm there. Call me out. You didn't. Uh, you didn't hear it, but uh, we were talking about. Um, I don't know if you heard. If you saw that um, 
Kanye West uh, Trump uh, thing. Did you see that? You know what I was just saying. You know, I I I have seen it on. I've seen Kanye West sitting in the Oval Office talking to the president, yeah. but I have absolutely no idea what he said. You're the only one that don't know what he said. He don't know what he said. He don't know what he said, bro. He was in there for 20 minutes and was just talking about just, man, it's like he does not need to have that audience. Like, Anyway, that's another issue. Uh, (laughs) We can talk (laughs) about things. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you, what is it about Kanye West? What can you do with what Kanye West says? Absolutely nothing. So I don't pay him no money. (laughs) <laughs> but that's what I think everyone should do that. It's like, why are we giving him all this importance? Like, he's clearly, yeah. you know, like, he's just a celebrity. He makes good music. All right. But well, like, I just think that, that doesn't mean know, I, I think that I think that his wife and, and, and I think his wife and, and his advisors are failing him. Yeah, you no know? kidding. No clearly, kidding, bro. That was a he, yeah, summary. He, of him. he, he and his issues. He clearly has mental health issues. I think he ain't been right since his mom died. Man, I'm, okay. I'm with you, bro. I'm with you. And, 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 I feel and, bad and for I, him, bro. I, I do. I, and 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 I feel I feel so bad for Kanye West that I don't pay him no mind. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I, all I could do was just pray for him. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Uh, he, I know he has his little moments of brilliance because I, I remember he was talking. Something came up with him on TMZ, you know. And I remember all that. But here's the thing. These are critical times, yeah. and right now, nothing about Kanye West has any effect on the business in which I'm at. These, I, I, I'm working, man. Zero I'm relevance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, uh, my 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 12 year old will probably be able to handle that 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 subject matter a lot better than I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> No, I I'm just four, four, four. No, I'm with okay. you. I'm with you too. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I love that. But yeah, it's all in there. Yeah, no, it's I know. It's all in there. You know, this is what me and my business partner Ronnie Soto, you know, this is what we we do we talk about on a daily basis. These are the things that cause the moves that we need to make at this point, you know, talk time's over. You know, yeah. we don't like if you're somebody who needs a little more nudging to mm-hmm. it be in this industry or who needs a little more convincing, you know, to be in this industry, me and Ronnie Soto are not the ones you need to be talking to. Yeah. That was a couple of training stops ago. That's where we are right now. Now, we'll educate as much as we can, you know what I'm saying? But when it comes to the business side, if you ain't ready to go, yep. you know what I'm saying, I, I, I don't have the time to convince you. I tried. Not from a lack of effort on my part, but I got a—I have a wife and two kids, man. Yeah, I hear you. I hear <laughs> you know, and we talking about you know generational revenue. I did tell y'all like what two billion in twenty twenty. Please, I need a piece of that, bro. <laughs> All right, man. Yeah. It, <laughs> time. Yeah. It has been a pleasure, though. Thank you. It's been extremely informative. I've learned a lot about uh, cannabis and cannabinoids. I didn't know that was a word before, but I do now. Um, there you go. Yeah, marijuana is a is a racial term. If you notice, the, the it, it's evolved because it used to be an H in there, so it was pronounced marijuana. Really? And they dropped the H. Yeah, I man. No idea. Look, look, Google it, bro. It's terrible. Yeah. It is terrible what they've been doing, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Darn Juan and his family bringing that marijuana to this good fine nation. <laughs> oh, hey, man. let me give you let me let me give you two more terms to watch out for. Okay. okay? As these states legalize, the first term is bloking. 
You don't want to be a bloken. Spell that. You know what I'm saying? A bloken is uh, like a black token. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> They've been around for a while. Who are being forced to have diversity and all that stuff. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So what they do is they go find them their, their token black guy. So you don't want to be a bloken. And yeah. if you want to be a bloken, get paid for being a bloken. And then there's a chip. That's the second word, second term, a chip. So a chip could be a female veteran <laughs> who's a doctor. That's a hell of a chip right there. We actually call them unicorns. You know what I'm saying? Because you don't find them very often. But, okay. you know, like, and, and so... These are all terms, these are all the types of people that companies are looking for to help boost their applications when they're applying for these licenses in different states. Mm. So, so if, sure if you, you, if you, you are if you are that token or that chip, uh, make sure you're getting broken off handsomely. Correct. Correct. You have to know your worth. You need to know what your worth is. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of, like, like, at this point, you know, you don't want to, you know, come out as a broke activist. Not on this one. <laughs> I understand that. I understand that. Okay. You All know, right. Rosa Parks died owing people. Really? <laughs> she was broke? Yeah, man. Man. Yeah. I mean, I ain't going to say she was broke, but she wasn't, she, she, she wasn't living like Rosa Parks should have been li- living as far as I'm concerned. Wow. Yeah. All right, man. It's been a pleasure, bro. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, we're going to put this up in a few days. Uh, and I'll let Shaman know, and we'll send you a link. No problem, fellas. Hey, y'all take it easy, and if you get a chance, come on down October 30th to Trent, New Jersey, Canagather at 7 o'clock. You can find us on canagather.com, uh, and you guys are more than welcome to find out what it's like to hear how the industry talks when we're amongst each other. Yeah, send that uh, information over to me, man, so we can get down there. Maybe we could do a we'll, – we'll figure out, see if we can do some press there. Yeah, man. Please come on down. Send us the press pass, man. Send us the press kit, man. We're 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 fine. Press, okay. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll come down there. Yeah, no problem, guys. You want to do a podcast from down there? You're more than welcome. Yeah. All right, man. All right, cool. Thank you so much, man. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Lee. All right, All right Take Leo. Care. All right. Bye bye. All right. Bye. Oh man, I learned a lot. Just to clarify, I am not pro getting high. <laughs> you are so trying not to get in trouble with your mother. <laughs> you just trying not like you like, I, am I am not, not getting, getting high. I am not uh advocating kids using marijuana you, or anyone using marijuana to get high. However, I do see the benefit of uh pain management. Mm-hmm. And I do see the benefit of us being the purveyors of pain management. I'm talking about black people as investing in this as a business idea. Not becoming weed dealers, uh, not being recreationally high because you want to and you like being high. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I'm looking at this as a business thing (laughs) and providing medical marijuana use to alleviate pain because all these other drugs that make your liver swell up, they're bad for your skin, make you break out. You know, uh, there's all types of... Uh, horrible, horrible issues that Let come along with pain. Right That's what I'm talking about. If you right now come as as Leah was talking to, if you are in 18 months from now, because yeah. Massachusetts legalizing, you slanging weed and you getting in, get in trouble. That means you're continuing. That's like being a sharecropper. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't. I'm not with it, man. I'm not know, with it. Come over here and we can. I'm. <sighs> man, I, I was talking with Cliff earlier about. Uh, Helping educate people, bring their their skill set from the dark to the light. 
Because mm. there are a lot of black people, like urban that. people who know the industry yeah. in its former sense. But they don't know how to do it in the, the current business sense. To turn those street skills into business skills. Into skills. Those are real skills. Those man. are soft social skills you understand. You yeah. understand money, you know, negotiations. But you don't you know, now you gotta think about permitting. Da 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 da. Business skills are just people skills at the end of the day. Yeah. And, and with some, some formal skills. So we can put oh, them yeah. together and help them out. I think and that's the, part of what Leo was talking about with uh with us being at the forefront of this one. Yeah. Because there's so many there's so much opportunity that we have. But are we going to be able to take control of it and give those people who do have that knowledge the platform to? Yeah, and I'm not, and I'm not trying to be like, oh, everybody, come on! But I'm like, uh, if you got some sense, yeah, I will show you turn to ten, turn them cents into some dollars, because uh, this is a global uh, business mm-hmm. between. What do you think they're going to go though? Because they can't start. They can't do that here. I mean, on, on a industrial level, the way he's thinking. Well, right now, well, oh, there's definitely a question I wanted to ask him. I'm gonna circle back with him. Um, so you can't necessarily move, from my understanding, because federally, you can't move marijuana and any kind of. It's not clear. Like, what level of cannabinoid can you move across state lines or border lines? Even yeah, I mean, I don't think much. But. Um, cannabis derived products aren't restricted so the I thought he said any any cannabinoids like you, you have a, you can't bring a drum of cannab- cannabis oil across the it, it depends how it's regulated and, and it's and it's going to be unclear so it's federally because if it's not getting you high mm. is it regulated is it a class one we, we, that's mm. to be determined there's going to be a lot of legal actions going on around there but in the interim yeah. This country is moved by money. That's it. Yeah. And the reason that he said that old, long, and big, that don't sound really appropriate. Uh, long, stroking. <laughs> Pause. Oh That's what she said. All right. Um, old, long, and big. Right. Old, long, and big. Uh, is, uh, I don't want to discuss that anymore. <laughs> is a... Uh, that means that cannabis money got to be making more money than that old, long, and but big. But that's money. the thing, though. I mean, pharmaceutical money is long money and it's old and it's big. Um, but that means they're gonna make money on that side. They've already been, they've already been positioned to make money from this. So here's the thing, man. This is what drives me crazy about this. Uh, growing up in here and growing up in Seattle, Seattle especially, it's not even as big of a deal there. Like weed, they, weed has been pretty much almost legal in Seattle for a long time, and then it's, I think it's became legal, legal like five or six years ago. But um, all the all the dudes that were like selling weed on the corner and all that stuff, going to jail and going to prison and all this stuff, and then when they finally make it legal, all these like boutique uh, weed shops show up, and then the guys who own it are all white guys. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's just, just a business. It's just complete business just for them. And it's like, why are they the guys who are always taking advantage of the business, and then we're the guys taking the falls for the business? Because the same thing happens. You don't know. You don't have the relationship with exactly, the policymakers. Exactly. You don't know the. You don't have the the comfort with the the. How many yeah. guys go up there and be like, hey, you got your cannabis license? And be like, what? What are we talking about? Mm-hmm. Or guys over there peddling. Yeah. Legally, because they're trying to feed their family, yeah. and they don't got a fifty dollars peddler's license from the city of Boston, yeah. No, and you get in trouble. I mean, like, really, there's nothing stopping you from walking into yeah. the city hall and getting that peddler's license, but you don't know, yeah, yeah. or you're not comfortable, yeah. and it gets people, it gets people, uh, 
gets people hurt. So I think one of the things is forums like, hey, you sitting on some dollars. Let's let's help you out if you if you about business. But I ain't trying to be in the Washitary business because <laughs> no. I am not serving no federal time. Absolutely not. All right. Well, it's been a uh, it's been over two hours. Uh, we've had a very informative podcast for the peeps. Um, we're going to probably try to put this out a little early. We missed a week last week. And here's why. Um, every great man behind him is a great woman. And uh, Shaman and I are great men. And we have great women behind us. And uh, one of them was, are we discussing that or no? Um, I, I've just been telling people, like, there was that upper respiratory thing that uh, happened. And it okay. floored the whole I was the only one that didn't get sick. Cause you I guys, got sick. I got sick last week. Did too. your wife get sick? No, but I wasn't like. Oh, so me, your wife, and I are the only ones of the family that didn't get sick. So here's the thing: I wasn't like sick ass sick. I was just like, can't get out of bed sick. Like I just didn't want to do nothing. And part of that is like I need a vacation though. I don't think it's all like, uh, you know, like actually being sick. I wasn't like throwing up and stuff like that. I just had a headache and I just didn't want to do nothing. You just so over it. You just over it. Yeah, yeah. basically that's it. <laughs> So, um, but uh, no, we had, uh, you know, when one of, like if my wife goes down or Shaman's wife goes down for, for something, then, you know, that basically messes us up and we can't do what we need to do because we got to deal with the kids. So, you know, yeah, that's it was on daddy duty. So, you know, Shaman's wife, uh, she had some downtime and uh, we couldn't do our thing. So I apologize for last week. Um, but yeah, we're here now. Enjoy. We had a long podcast. Uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us, Cliff Young, as always. Oh, yeah. Anytime. Young Cliff, Cliff Young. And uh, we got Biz here on the mic. Yeah. Got Iron Man Abdullah. Uh, thanks again for joining us. It was funny because he said to our listeners, he doesn't know we only have like 11 of them. Um, 11,000? <laughs> no, we've got listeners. a lot of listeners. We're, we're growing, man. We, got, we, we keep having these bumps in the week, and I wonder where they're coming from. When I say bumps, I'm talking about... Uh, no, no, no. We're only talking big numbers now. We're not talking small numbers. We're we're, we're talking aspirationally, like we got a like a, a dream board, which I would never do. But other people do do it, and they talk positively, like we were listening to Tony Robbins. Like yeah. we are already having a million listeners because we don't know if you know, we could be happening. It could happen. It could be happening. But anyway, we're getting more and more, and it's just really fun to watch the numbers because we get the stats on the uh, on the. Uh, Whatever, see that little peak kind of thing it gets we see the graph and all that and it's growing it's like really it's really fun to do so anyway uh thanks for joining us thanks for listening thanks for supporting um we have four italian listeners now i don't know who you are but hey thanks for listening hey leo was stationed in in italy so there we go we're thinking about you there in italy there you go buongiorno all right um <laughs> thanks for joining us iron man abdullah biz young cliff one one